Donald Trump is now president, and he's expected to begin immediately fulfilling the promises he made in his campaign to build a wall on the Mexican border, to bar Muslims from entering the United States, and to rewrite international trade deals, all by executive order. I'm Sean Zeller, and this is CQ Roll Call's Week Ahead podcast. Today, I assume the role of host from Adriel Bettelheim. I'm here with Ellen Ferguson, CQ's trade reporter, and with Amit Narang, who follows regulation closely for the consumer advocacy group Public Citizen. First, I'm going to turn to Ellen. Ellen, what is Donald Trump expected to do early in his administration to rewrite international trade deals? Early in his administration, the president is expected to sign an executive order or executive action um, regarding the North American Free Trade Agreement. It was a centerpiece of his campaign. We're not exactly sure what this executive action might say or what the details are, but it's possible that he might um, invoke under NAFTA the sort of notification process. There's a provision that allows the leaders of the three countries, United States, Canada, Mexico, to notify each other of plans to withdraw from the agreement. Well, one of the areas that he has talked about in the campaign and since he um, became uh, president-elect, and I expect he will pick up on as president, has been about auto parts. Uh, under NAFTA, the three parties, uh, United States, Mexico, and Canada, can bring in parts, can bring in um, sources and components of auto parts from places outside the United States, Mexico, and Canada. There have been allegations that this allows um, Mexico in particular, or China in particular, um, back in some of its uh, products through Mexico. And then Mexico uses that in the auto components, and they're essentially treated as duty-free under the terms of NAFTA. So it's seen as sort of a a loophole that allows other countries, particularly potentially China, to get the benefits of a trade agreement to which they are not a party. Does Congress have anything to say if Donald Trump wants to renegotiate the deal or pull out of NAFTA altogether? As I understand it, there are provisions in NAFTA that pretty much allow the leaders of the three countries to um, notify each other, give six months warning that they want to get out of the the trade pact, or to seek changes in the trade pact. They don't necessarily have to, they do not have to get approval from their legislatures. Congress does not have to approve. But In Congress, there are some key lawmakers, particularly Kevin Brady, chairman of Ways and Means, who's from Texas, who has said that his district has benefited greatly from NAFTA. And he would be very concerned about any changes that could adversely affect his local economy. So politically, it probably would be wise for uh, President Trump and his uh, cabinet members to consult with Congress and to make sure that the lawmakers feel as though they are involved and are at least helping to mitigate some of the things. So, Ellen, Congress never ratified the Trans-Pacific Partnership, the other trade deal that President Obama's administration was working on it. Is that dead now? One of the things that has been talked about with NAFTA is that particularly e-commerce didn't exist when NAFTA was negotiated. But there are e-commerce provisions in in the Trans-Pacific Partnership, which maybe they might lift from the Trans-Pacific Partnership and use that as a basis for negotiating in NAFTA. Mm -hmm. So he may borrow, cut and paste from TPP, 
um, for areas that apply would apply to Mexico and Canada, since Mexico and Canada were parties also to the Trans-Pacific Partnership. So it, right. when you say the TP, when people say the TPP is dead, that may not be exactly right. The Trans-Pacific Partnership as a as a brand, that may be dead, but, but the elements may live on in other trade agreements. I see. Amit, what are you expecting from Trump in these opening days of his administration? Thank you, Sean, for having me. Uh, So we do expect a flurry of activity uh, in terms of executive orders. Some of those will repeal previous executive orders, and some of those will set out uh, policy positions um, that Trump has campaigned on. Uh, I think that uh, it's important to keep in mind that executive orders are are not law, and they have limitations in terms of uh, uh, what they can accomplish policy-wise. And so uh, Trump has made claims and conservatives have made claims that they will be able to accomplish quite a bit of their policy agenda through uh, initial actions by executive order. I think there will be more limitations on that uh, than than they're claiming right now. Um, But but Trump will be able to take some actions quickly. Some of those will have impacts on regulations, uh, but others uh, won't. Uh, and, and there will certainly be regulations that will be left untouched, and quite a few, uh, even despite early uh, actions by executive order. Are there any specific regulations that you're concerned about that he may attempt to rescind things that you have felt have been worthwhile in the opening days of his administration? Yes. Uh, so there are certainly uh, uh, regulations that were uh, finalized uh, near the end of the Obama administration that are more more vulnerable than regulations that were finalized earlier in the Obama administration. There's a whole host of regulations that have been finalized in uh, roughly the last six months. Some of them include uh, important uh, consumer protections like the Department of Labor's fiduciary rule. This is uh, a rule that's intended to make sure that uh, uh, retirement advice and investment advice is being given by brokers in the best interest of the uh, retirement saver or the investor, not in the best interest of the broker. We're very concerned that uh, the Trump administration will seek to try to uh, undermine this rule, potentially block it in some way as they come in. And then we're also looking closely at uh, certain consumer uh, protections in the financial uh, realm. So those would be uh, under the Consumer Financial Protection Bureau. That agency is uh, currently working on rules related to payday lending, uh, trying to restrict uh, payday lenders from essentially uh, issuing loans that have enormous interest rates that trap uh, consumers into an endless cycle of debt. Uh, And there is another important measure from the CFPB uh, related to restricting the use of mandatory arbitration clauses. Uh, This is essentially a way in which uh, companies can resolve disputes with consumers uh, without having to go to court. Um, That cuts the consumer uh, out of their right to go to, to court. And we think that that is an important rule to preserve. There are also a host of regulations that have not been finalized yet, are still in the uh, regulatory process, the rulemaking process, and those regulations can be put on hold, essentially, by uh, the Trump administration. They will review the regulations. Uh, They will need to go through uh, uh, certain procedural requirements like notice and comment. 
um, but they could potentially withdraw uh, or change those regulations in in certain ways. Um, now, in the past, uh, other you know incoming administrations have done the same thing, and uh, what we've seen is that although uh, there are quite a few regulations that they put on hold. Uh, the vast majority of those they end up uh, allowing to, uh, you know, continue taking effect despite having uh, put them on hold and uh, uh, reviewing them. Now, is there anything that supporters of those rules, advocacy groups like Public Citizen, can do to protect them? Sure. So we are uh, certainly going to be monitoring um, uh, how these rules are uh, impacted or uh, potentially undone by the Trump administration. There is a legal way to do that, and there is uh, an illegal way to do that. And um, to the extent that the uh, Trump administration is trying to fast-track the repeal of these rules in ways that are not legal, uh, public citizen will be intervening uh, and, and uh, filing a lawsuit and making sure that at least uh, the Trump administration uh, will be held to the same standard as other incoming administrations in, in uh, repealing some of these rules. You mentioned that there are certain protocols that they would have to follow to rescind a rule that's already been finalized, like notice and comment and the like. Get to explain to me how that would work if they were to do it the right way. So if they were to do it the right way, uh, essentially they would, uh, rather than directly rescinding the rule or delaying it in any way, they would have to issue notice and comment, uh, essentially um, declaring that they intend to do that. So it's the difference between immediate action that kills a rule uh, versus uh, action that says we intend to look at this rule, uh, potentially change it or uh, repeal it, um, but we are going to go through the legal steps required. This does make a, a, a difference. Uh, if there's a rule that's about to come into effect, come into effect, uh, then uh, it's true that uh, having to go through notice and comment uh, may uh, take so long that the rule will come into uh, effect anyway. That will be a way of preserving the rule. And so uh, if the Trump administration is looking to try to block the rule, uh, they may have an incentive to short-circuit the process, and so that's what we're going to be uh, monitoring closely. Now, a finalized rule has to be enforced. Can the administration simply not enforce a rule that they disagree with? So in theory, that is true. Uh, they can uh, reduce enforcement of the rule, and they can try to act as if the rule is not already on the books. Um, but there are limitations, legal limitations, when it comes to that. Uh, again, regulation is derived from uh, law. These are regulations that are implementing legal requirements, laws passed by Congress. And so to the extent that those regulations are not actually being enforced uh, and, and thus not enforcing the, the will of Congress, they will definitely be opportunities for the beneficiaries of those regulations to come in and say, hey, the uh, agency is not following the law. Uh, they are not enforcing regulation. That is the, uh, the law of the land. And, uh, and so we, we are going to force uh, a court to, um, to make the uh, Trump administration enforce the law. Now, President Barack Obama famously used executive actions because Congress would not do what it, he wanted it to do. Now Trump can follow that model as well. Is that something that liberal groups like Public Citizen now regret that Obama followed that route? 
I, I don't know if it's fair to say that we regret that. It will make it easier uh, for uh, the Trump administration to undo some of those actions. But again, it's not all uh, actions. And um, I think it is. I think what you're pointing out, though, is quite uh, interesting. There's going to be a lot of flip-flopping, kind of where people are on executive power and the use exe- uh, of executive power. And you know, we've uh, heard a lot of criticisms of Obama. Uh, overreaching on executive power. Uh, if we start seeing the Trump administration do the same exact thing, I'd, it'd be it's going to be interesting to see uh, what, you know what some of those think uh, voices think of uh, Trump's uh, aggressive use of executive power. What will you be looking for from supporters of a of strict regulation in the Congress? Can they do anything to slow the Trump administration down? Certainly. So uh, those supporters of strong, effective regulation, you know, that improves the lives of Americans. They know that Americans care about those regulations, that these uh, regulations poll uh, very uh, well with the public, clean air, clean water, uh, you know, a safe financial system that isn't uh, run by a reckless Wall Street. And so um, they're going to have uh, incentives, certainly, to try to preserve those regulations uh, as much as possible. So they'll uh, use the kind of typical oversight tools you know, given the fact that they're uh, in most cases Democrats and not in uh, control of Congress right now. Uh, that will involve uh, uh, monitoring exactly how agencies undertake the repeal of these rules, making sure that the agencies are going through the same lengthy, time-consuming uh, process that uh, the Obama agencies uh, had to go through in putting forth these rules in the first place. And to the extent that, uh, you know, uh, these agencies are trying to fast track these, the repeal of these rules through short circuiting the process, I'm sure you'll see uh, champions of strong regulation in Congress intervening and saying, no, uh, we're not going to we're not going to let you get rid of these important rules for the public uh, without complying with the law. Amit and Ellen, thank you for joining us. I'm Sean Zeller. You can subscribe to this podcast on iTunes and Stitcher. And you can find all our podcasts at rollcall.com forward slash podcasts.